You're listening to the official Dietitian Connection podcast. This podcast gives you access to the most successful and influential experts in the dietetic profession. This podcast will inspire you, it will challenge you, and it will empower you to become a nutrition leader and realize your dreams. Welcome to today's Dietitian Connection podcast. My name is Marie Ferguson and I'm the founder and director of Dietitian Connection. And I'm so excited today to talk with Ellie Krieger from New York in the USA. I've been a huge fan for a very long time and really excited to chat to Ellie and all the things that she's done in her career to date. Um, Ellie is a leading dietitian in the US. Uh, She's the host and executive producer of the public television cooking series, Ellie's Real Good Food. And she's well known as the host of Food Network's hit show, Healthy Appetite. Ellie also appears on national US television shows such as Today and Good Morning America. And Ellie is the author of many cookbooks and she has a new one to be released later in the year. And I look forward to chatting to her about that. And she was also asked to lead um, by Michelle Obama, a nutrition initiative on the White House lawn. So I'm very keen to chat to her about that today. So welcome and thank you so much for joining us, Ellie. Thank you, Marie. It is really a pleasure to be speaking with you. So first of all, I thought we could go back to where it all started and why you chose to become a dietitian. Well, I like to say, I like to quote my mom on this one, because mm-hmm. she says that me becoming a dietitian is like a pyromaniac becoming a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I have always, always loved food and been passionate about it and actually really struggled with food and sort of dealing with overeating and food being really the main thing that gave me pleasure, maybe in a disproportionate way, or I would say in a disproportionate way. And then learning how to love food in a healthy way, partially from studying nutrition, partially with the help of a very sound, uh, the the very sound advice from my mom growing up and then studying nutrition. And I actually majored in nutrition as an undergrad um, because I loved food and was interested in food, but also I loved science and I was pre-med. And, but as I was studying pre-med, I realized the depth and breadth of the field of nutrition, which really hadn't occurred to my young 18-year-old self at the time. And once I realized just what a wonderful, incredible, uh, incredible broad field it is, uh, I, I, I was like, this is for me completely. And I think you had a modeling career in there as well. Did that influence, oh, yes. <laughs> influence your choices as well? Yes. And it's funny because um, I sort of forget about that in a way, but it was really quite a significant career. And what had happened with that, it it was really a side thing for me because I needed a summer job. And I live in New York City. I grew up in New York City and I had these friends in the fashion business and they encouraged me to try modeling. And I just really needed some to pay some school expenses and so on. And so the summer after my freshman year of college, I I started to... um, pound the pavement, try to find an agent. And one thing led to another. And by the end of the summer, I got an agency. And then I took a year off from school and went all around the world, not unfortunately to Australia, which (laughs) I wish I had. (laughs) But I went all around the world. I I went to Tokyo and Germany and uh, Italy and modeled in all of those places and essentially took this year, uh, that year off from college to do it and really established myself in the modeling world. And, and really I, I was sort of the workhorse in the modeling world, like, uh, 
worked regularly, but mostly doing catalogs and some higher end jobs as well. Um, but there's this whole sort of like middle, middle ground between not quite making it and super famous. And then there's people who are making a living doing this and doing good work and, um, but not necessarily that are on your radar. So I did that, wound up doing that for 15 years, but I went back to school after one year of modeling because I never really wanted to be a model per se. For me, it was a means to an end, but it was really interesting and wound up serving me in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. that I hadn't expected, Mm -hmm. um, to be exposed to that whole world and then to go back and be studying nutrition. And then ultimately it paid for my master's. I did my master's degree at night while I modeled full time during the day. So it wound up being a great way to get through school. (laughs) And actually it made it it really paved the way for me to be able to shape my career the way I wanted it to to be um, without having to ever really be an employee of a company. <laughs> I've been worked for myself my whole life. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I'm sure it gave you lots of you know tips to be in front of the camera, which we'll talk about in a minute. So once you graduated, where did you go from there? You've obviously been in business for yourself the whole entire time. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I graduate. I, so this, so when I was studying nutrition, I studied clinical nutrition at uh, Cornell university and I, um, but I loved doing the on-camera stuff. I really, at some point in my life, I made a conscious decision not to be an actress. It was something I always loved the theater arts. I still do to this day. Um, go to shows all the time and hang out with the, all these theater people. Mm-hmm. But I, I really made a conscious decision not to do that. Um, but I, I, my mom, again, my mom sent me this, um, article of dietitians who work in the media. And I remember putting it on my kind of, um, cork board and saying, that's what I want to do. And so just to know that there was, that was a thing that you could do was incredibly inspiring to me. And I wound up doing my master's in nutrition education, uh, with a minor in journalism, um, seeing that as a path to kind of combine these loves that I had uh, for being on camera and communicating in this way and for the field of nutrition and health. So, um, so yeah, so I went on to get my master's and my master's at night while I was modeling. And then when I graduated from my master's, I, um, I started pitching. I, I started pitching um, editors and, and producers, uh, story ideas, and I had done a couple of internships, one at CNN and one at CBS, which is a, a station uh, in the U.S. here and in, uh, in the New York affiliate. So I kind of got a sense of how the business works and then was essentially my own publicist for um, many for several years pitching. And gradually, little by little, I built up uh, a list of people that would call on me and I built up some tape. Uh, at that time, it was, in fact, tape, I think, yeah. <laughs> actually, <Yeah. laughs> um, and and just got some experience and got a lot of rejections along the way. And also at the same time, pitching article ideas um, and eventually, you know, got a, got my claws into a couple of publications that, you know, put their faith in me and then wound up writing, starting my writing career. And then I wound up on, I guess, the right person's contact list because I got a phone call from a woman who was casting a TV show. And this was prior to the Food Network. Uh, the Food Network show, this was a show that called uh, Living Better, which wound up, I get got hired for, and it was called Living Better with Ellie Krieger. And this was my first TV show. And then when I got that show, I, um, I quit modeling. And I was sort of always looking for an exit <laughs> in that regard. 
Yeah, wow. Well, you definitely were very successful in in pitching. Um, And since then, you've obviously appeared on lots of different national television shows such as Today and Good Morning America, and you were the host of the Food Network's or are the host of the Food Network's hit show Healthy Appetite. So, how did you get your start in the actual TV world, I guess? Yeah, so that's basically, um, as I said, just Mm -hmm. pitching myself Mm -hmm. to different um, editors and producers. And then this one producer passed my name on to her friend who was looking for someone for this one show. Mm -hmm. And then I did that show for two years. And then, um, after that show, I wrote my first book. Mm -hmm. And then, um, after it was actually the food network, um, uh, producer who found my book and called me and, and literally I had a voice message saying, hi, this is Bob Tushman from the Food Network. We'd love you to come in. And we saw your book. We loved it. And I thought I was being punked. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't believe it. And then, um, in fact, I went in and, and met with him. And they just really um, liked my book. And the funny thing is, I had pitched the Food Network so many different ideas mm-hmm. over the years prior. But uh, nothing really landed anywhere. But eventually got this phone call. And then one year after that phone call, got that show. And that show aired for about seven years. Yeah, wow. So, and then in between, you know, in those years, writing my neck, my first cookbook, um, my first book was not a cookbook per se. It was more of a lifestyle change book called uh, Small Changes, Big Results, like a 12-week plan, which incorporated some recipes, which is how. And the funny thing is, is that they... Um, I had done those, let's see, it was about 35 recipes in my first book. And that's the one that the Food Network found. When they hired me for to do Healthy Appetite, they said, okay, well, now we need 60 recipes in two months. <laughs> but my first one, I mean, I didn't really know what I was doing, to be totally honest with you, in terms of recipe development. And so it was very much being like thrown into the fire. They completely offered you know, support and so on. Um, and I wound up hiring some chefs to help me develop the recipes initially and just really like learn how to do this different skill that I had never really learned. Mm. Although I did some culinary education, uh, continuing education, I didn't really learn recipe development per se, which is really a completely different skill set. And actually, many people who graduate culinary school I'm learning don't necessarily know that much about recipe development. So it is, you know, you learn as you go and, uh, as so many professions, really. And any tips for those budding young dietitians who either want to get in the media or start their own book? Yes. I mean, so this is the thing that the, the world is so different in terms of the opportunities now, because literally because of social media, because of blogs and so on, and, and because of social media, video, and because your whole editing system and your and a great camera is right on your phone at your fingertips. Anyone can do this and you don't have to get the attention of an editor or producer. So I think then it's a different kind of challenge of getting the attention of the mass public and getting heard through the noise. But in terms of getting practice, in terms of being on camera, just you know, point your phone at your face and go. Mm-hmm. It's really kind of, uh, and, and communicate. And, and then you get your voice. You just do it. Even if you think nobody's watching or even if five people are watching and then 10 and it gradually it will build. But, um, but just establishing your voice and, and that takes some time and practice. So I think it's a really nice opportunity. So I would encourage everyone to take advantage of that medium. But, um, 
also in terms of a book, I mean, unfortunately, it's sort of like you need a job to get a job. And so I think this is with most fields, you know, they're going to say, well, who's your following? So it used to be that maybe your book was your platform, but now you need a platform in order to get a book deal. So I would say, uh, unless you're self-publishing, which I don't really know much about, but, um, but I would say, you know, try to make your, your mark in social media, and that could lead to a lot of different things. Um, yeah, it's so much would, easier these days, isn't it, than when you and I both started when there was no internet, probably no phones in your pocket, no social media. You know, it's much oh, easier yeah. to raise your profile today. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I was starting, in order to even just get video done, I had to like hire somebody mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. was expensive with an expensive camera. Right, right. And then they had to edit it in a special editing room. I mean, the whole thing was really, you needed, it was very cost prohibitive. So mm-hmm. I would just sort of, like, um, on my internships, like beg the editors to help me. But now you don't have to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And you are about to launch your next book. And are you able to give us any hints on what it might be about? Or is that top secret until launch? Oh, no, I can give you more of it because it's actually um, up for presale now already. It comes comes out October 15th. It's available for presale now, believe it or not. Um, But it's called Hole in One, um, spelled W-H-O-L-E, like mm-hmm. whole yes. food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's whole in one and it's um, it's uh, complete healthy meals in a single pot, sheet pan, or skillet. So it's really, I'm so happy with it. I mean, it's my seventh book. Mm-hmm. So every time I write a book, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> it like doesn't really get easier. Uh, I just know, now I just know how hard it's going to be. Right. <laughs> so, But uh, I think in a way that's because I really try to write something genuinely unique and inspiring and I just never want to phone it in and and give a version of something I already have. I want to really give something unique and inspiring, but that's also doesn't feel too different and like weird. You know, it feels really doable and accessible. And so striking that balance and making it healthy and luscious and doing it all in one pan, Mm. um, I think, you know, it takes quite a lot of work to achieve that. And I really feel like I landed there and I'm so excited about it. So this is the fun part. I mean, cooking is fun for me in a different sort of way, but it can be pretty intense and it can also be very physically exhausting. Yeah. Um, but now when you have the final product product to be able to like tell people about it, yeah. um, I'm super excited for this stage of it and, and getting people's feedback and, and seeing them posting recipes of mine that they've cooked and, and just putting it out in the world and feeling like I'm in people's homes and, mm-hmm. and helping nourish them. It, it really is a wonderful feeling. Yeah, that must be so exciting and you should be very proud for that to be your seventh book. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, I am I'm proud and excited. Mm-hmm. And I and and I feel like I need a good long nap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you deserve it. <laughs> um so you obviously not only a fantastic author, but you you are on public television and you did start your own show. So I, I wanted to hear about what was the impetus behind that and what were some of the lessons you learned from starting your own show, which I'm sure you needed more naps from. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, really? So this is one of the things about I dig my heels in on something and then I just don't stop until I've somehow gotten there. And with the, with the show, I would say, 
I would say the two things in my life that I felt like the barriers were highest and strongest was my first book, getting my first book published. Cause everyone, you know, it's hard to get a chance, gives, get a chance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the public television show was like such a huge learning curve because it's a completely different system. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in essence, I had to raise all, all the money myself. So yeah. I'm the executive producer of the show as well. So then it became an entirely different job of, of trying to get sponsors for the show, which is, you know, not necessarily my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but now it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's amazing. Um, and then public television has a specific set of rules and regulations, but they're not necessarily written in any one place. So the only way you sort of negotiate it is by sometimes trying a thing and then you learn like, Oh, you can't do it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it, it was definitely a huge learning curve and, um, and just seeing this wall and saying, Hmm, there's gotta be a way under it. There's gotta be a way around <laughs> it. There's got, maybe I climb over it. And eventually I, I have to say, I feel so proud because I eventually obviously got over that wall and, mm. um, there's two seasons of the show and I'm, I'm super proud of it. And, and I really believe in public television. I mean, one of the reasons I chose public television is because the Food Network essentially stopped doing, you know, they really shifted gears and they started doing more contests and extreme eating and things like that. And, and so on television in general, on broadcast television, there weren't any opportunities really much, I would say. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say any for uh, like healthy programming mm. where you're actually like learning something and, 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 and doing some and actually cooking the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't seeing that on regular broadcast television. And so I, I, I think public television is definitely a place that is this intersection between education and inspiration. So I, it seemed like a perfect home for me. Um, and so, yeah. So then just navigating that process was a couple year process. I wound up doing a Kickstarter campaign and raised a bunch of funds for the pilot that way. Mm. So it was crazy. (laughs) Just even learning how to do a Kickstarter campaign and getting that off the ground. So, so, so definitely an exercise in tenacity. (laughs) Oh, for sure. We did a Kickstarter campaign here to raise the profile of dietitians in Australia. And yeah, that's, that's a whole piece of work in itself. So to do that and then follow that with the, the, you know, producing your own public television show, that's yeah, quite a feat. So again, hats off to you. Oh, thank you. I don't know. I mean, it's just, um, I think this is what you have to do. You have to be kind of scrappy basically to, to make stuff happen. And especially I think in any business that's true. And and in the media, I would say that's definitely true as you know, yourself probably putting Mm -hmm. this together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, but I think that's one of the, you know, strengths of dietitians is that we are problem solvers and, you know, can figure out things to get things done. So, yeah, I would say the one advice I would give in answer to your question about that advice, I think sometimes the one I, dietitians absolutely know how to get things done, which is just a fabulous quality. Um, and we know how to get it done with an attention to detail. That's mm-hmm. really amazing. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we worry too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say this is a huge generalization, but I, 
but I found it to be true and it stops us. We worry too much about having all the ducks in a row and everything being perfect before we can dive into something. Yes. And I give the Food Network show as an example because I honestly didn't know how to do recipe development and I was tasked with doing a ridiculous amount in a short time. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I had to have all my ducks in a row, I might have said like, oh no, I can't do that. And then I would not have had the Food Network show. Yeah. So at some point you have you just have to take a shot. Yeah. And be like, okay, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna jump, and I'm not really quite sure where I'm gonna land, but yeah. um, it's okay, and I can kind of trust my wings to a degree. Um, so, so I do think that dietitians could exercise that muscle a little bit more, perhaps. Totally agree. So it's sort of like say yes and figure it out later. Yeah, and and sometimes that's that's not always good advice for everyone, <laughs> but I think um, for people who tend to have to have everything super buttoned up, um, I think that is good advice. Thank you. And now I would like to move to uh, First Lady Michelle Obama, which I am a huge fan of as well. Um, and you were fortunate enough and due credit to you for all the the hard work that you put in over your career to be asked to head up the Nutrition Education Initiative at the Healthy Kids Fair on the White House lawn. So I just wanted to chat to you and and get your experience in in working with Michelle and that Nutrition Education Initiative. I mean, she's done huge things with the Let's Move campaign and, and putting a focus on nutrition and physical activity. And yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on, on your experience. Oh, yeah. Well, when she she first started when I first read that she started the garden at the White House and this mm-hmm. was her mission and I was so inspired as you are and I think all dietitians were and I decided to write her a letter <laughs> and I sent a book along with it and um, I wrote her a letter and I, I, I think I had a PR con- uh, like got a si- contact for her assistant but I basically r- was writing like Pennsylvania Avenue with a White House <laughs> on the address. I felt like I was writing to Santa. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> like it just felt unreal. And um, anyway, so I think perhaps it was that. So I basically wrote in this letter, if there's any way, I, you know, explaining how I admired what she was doing and how if there was any way that I could be of service, I would be happy to. And I really didn't know if I would get a response or what. But I do think that in part I was on the radar because I had actually <laughs> written that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I actually got a call from Sam Cass, who, um, is her chef Chef. who headed that up, Mm. the, that initiative up and start. And, you know, he, uh, he just wrote a new book too, actually. Um, but, uh, anyway, he, he was the one who gave me a call and literally it was days before this whole thing was happening and they were putting it together and, and asked me to come and, and then they asked me for supply lists and all these things. So I sort of had to drop everything that was yeah, wow. going on in my life. And it was um, an incredible time because my daughter was about seven, I think, mm. at the time or eight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she got to come. Yeah. And so I, my, my clearest memory of this, um, which may be slightly a tangent for people, but um, is that there was this big bouncy house on the White House lawn, and mm. we have this picture of my daughter Aww. in the bouncy house Aww. with the White House in the background. Oh, that's so cool. And I always just feel like that was such a great memory. But um, I got to kind of prep the food in the White House kitchen with Chris Comfort, who's the chef there and still at the White House uh, chef, is still the White House chef. And um, and then, you know, be on the White House lawn, and Michelle Obama greeted each participant uh, who was doing an event there, um, greeted us in 
formal manner. We were introduced to her by the military officer and, and she was so, um, professional and yet so warm to mm. my daughter mm-hmm. and really had that kind of mom vibe mm. and really meeting her was, was, um, made her, uh, more real to me and more wonderful, honestly. And I think my daughter followed her around that entire day in <laughs> hopes of being adopted, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, but, she, but you know, she didn't get adopted. Yeah. Or at least she wanted to sleep at the White House yeah, that night. Well, or who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's but no, true. it was a wonderful experience. And then I had gone back. <laughs> I went back for another um, event that was a, the chef's move to schools. And then I got to um, harvest the uh, help harvest the, the garden with a group of school kids and, and create dishes with them. And it was a really fantastic experience mm. and, and very inspiring. Yeah, what a memorable experience. And I was saying to you before we started recording the podcast, you know, I've just read Michelle's biography and and she mentions nutritionists in in the closing, which I think is a credit to you and the other nutritionists and dietitians involved that, you know, she acknowledges the work that we do. I just think it's fabulous to, to be on the radar at that level. Yeah, absolutely. I need to get myself a copy of that yeah. book. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I'm going to ask you an impromptu question. Where to from now for, for, for you, Ellie? I mean, you've seems like you've done everything. Do you have um, oh, gosh. new things on the horizon? Yeah, well, I've actually been really embracing um, the, the opportunities of social media. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really every week doing um, Facebook Live and Instagram TV mm. and really enjoying the spontaneity and the connection that that brings. Mm-hmm. And I really do think I'm going to be focusing more of my energy in that because I think the connection is real and there's no middleman kind of thing. Mm. Um, and so I've been enjoying that and I've been enjoying kind of the freedom and looseness of it. Mm. Um, so, uh, and Facebook live is wonderful because, you know, people are interacting back and forth and I really have a genuine community that shares ideas. And I just love that. And then Instagram, uh, TV is just, you know, just really a fun platform. So I've been doing that out of my test kitchen and I started just experimenting with it and I just really enjoy it. And I, and I'm, I'm just going to run with it. And I've been having guests on and stuff like that. Um, so that is definitely, you know, moving forward. And then I write for the Washington post, and, um, in their food section and, and also in their wellness section and plan to continue to do that. And you know what, whatever the, it's funny because, as soon as you think you have the media figured out, it changes. Yes. <laughs> and that's kind of what's unnerving about it, but it's also what's exciting about it. And so it's, I think almost what's next for me might not even be invented yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, maybe I, whatever platform there is, I, I feel like I want to stay fresh and current on it and, and, and kind of explore it. So I would say that's what's next. I'm just going to keep moving forward and, and really it's all in the same all with the same end in mind. And that is inspiring people to cook delicious, healthy food at home and, and making them feel like they can do it and, and, and helping them, uh, you know, helping make it like compelling and accessible so that they want to do it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I often say to young dietitians, I don't feel like we have enough dietitians in the video space, like on YouTube and 
um, like yourself on Instagram TV and Facebook Live, I, I think that there's a whole space that, you know, we can definitely fill. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that is a call to action if I ever heard one, mm. you know, for dietitians. Mm-hmm. So, so do it. <laughs> yeah. And what, is there any sort of daily habits or things you do on a regular basis that you think have contributed to your success or help you to continue to grow and develop, develop and evolve on those new platforms that you just mentioned? Well, I think just always having a, a flexible mind. You know, I, I was thinking about this, about success and what it is. And I say that I, I dig my heels in and I'm tenacious. But I, so I do yoga. And um, I guess, you know, it really does translate into my everyday life because in yoga, you need to be strong and flexible at the same time. Mm-hmm. And and that's the goal to kind of reach, stretch outward, but also be like centered and inward. And I think that that sense of, of balance, um, comes into my work and in my everyday thinking as well in terms of being tenacious and sticking with something, but also being flexible and being able to bend and move and, and listen, have your ear to the ground and listen, no, this is the direction that things are going. I need to shift a little bit. Um, and so having that flexibility, but also being tenacious, um, and, and that's sort of the yoga of it <laughs> to mm-hmm. me that I would say translates from, you know, that practice on the yoga mat to my everyday life. And, and I really try to think like that. Um, and I think it does help because we need to be, we need to stick with it and be strong in our ideas, but we also, and unwavering in some way, but we also need to be flexible mm-hmm. because things change. And sometimes we, we don't see things as clearly as we could you know, and we learn as we go along. So I think that's such a great analogy and I've never heard it before. And I know a lot of dietitians <laughs> are yogis, so that's a perfect, perfect uh, comparison. Um, oh, good. And in terms of any um, challenges you've had and how you've over- overcome those in your career, does any thoughts on that or advice for our younger dietitians? I think, first of all, expect challenges. Like, n- Nobody just is moving forward constantly. I, I forget who said this. I think it might have. It's not a career ladder. It's a career <laughs> like slip and slide. I don't, it was some. Uh, well, forget it. I, mm-hmm. I I don't have the right analogy. But um, but basically, you know, there's no linear way of doing mm-hmm. this. So mm-hmm. I think we tend to think in a very linear manner, especially from an academic, per, you know perspective. This is the, these are the steps you take and this is where you go, but it's just not how the real life works. And I think we need to, we need to swing the bat and expect to miss, but keep swinging. Um, and it's okay if you miss because you can just learn from that. So it's sort of like, there's no such thing as failure there. The only failure is not trying. Um, so I try to tell myself that all the time. And PS, I need that pep talk all the time because Mm -hmm. I always feel insecure and, not good enough and to this and not enough that. And everyone feels like that. And I had some, uh, someone asked me that um, in an audience when I was giving a talk about getting into the media, you know, what if you just feel insecure? And I, my answer to that is do it anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so do it despite those feelings. Um, and despite the notion that you might fail. Um, because again, the only failure is not trying. Um, so, so keeping those things in mind, I think really helps me. And I think, might help others. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think, you know, younger dietitians especially look up to, you know, 
role models and people like you and, you know, think you've got it all figured out and, you know, you're confident and, and you know, we're all the same at the end of the day. Um, you know, we all have our insecurities and vulnerabilities and, um, and feel the fear and do it anyway. So, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I, 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 I'm sometimes plagued by self-doubt. And uh, again, just do it anyway and put it out there and then it's all going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, and it is. It has been. <laughs> well, it's been wonderful chatting to you. Um, it, and yeah, just a pleasure to chat with you today, Ellie. I th- we could end on what is your maybe funniest or weirdest or best moment that's happened to you in your career today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I ha- I do have a funny one, and that is when I was on live television and started a fire. Oh gosh, so that was exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of my first sort of live TV appearances. It was a four-minute segment. Oh wow! And and the um, the the props guys in New York. It's a very union sort of city, so the props guys set everything up. You're not really allowed to touch anything. So I didn't even set it up, but the cutting board was apparently too close to the burner and Mm. there must have been some oil on it or something so Mm. as i'm doing this segment we're in the middle of a live segment Uh. and i see in the corner of my eye this little blue flame (laughs) on the cutting board and i'm literally as i'm talking and cooking at the same time calculating okay i think four minutes it should be fine Uh. and then i'm sort of looking around for some salt or Uh. or a towel or there's nothing so i um i just keep moving keep talking keep cooking and the host says to me oh you have a fire. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so, oh my. So I find a spoon and I smash it out with the spoon and I say I make a joke. Oh, I always wanted to know what it was like to have a fire on live television and he, and he, he says, "Well, now you know." <laughs> it was just horrible. And then when I got home, my husband said, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened." And I said, "Well, at least I know it wasn't my fault." And he says to me, well, America thinks it's your fault. <laughs> oh, gosh. So um, so it was crazy. It was fine. But it really does drive home that um, you're only as good as your team, kind of. So it, it really mm-hmm. valuing the people that work for you and uh, set those things up and, and understanding the intricacies of that is also part of the job, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that ultimately you're the one who's the face of it. So if something goes wrong, you take the fall. Yeah. And I think thinking on your feet as well. I mean, given that was one of your (laughs) earlier TV appearances and you could have gone home and never came back again. And um, (laughs) I could have run screaming fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Ellie. And we wish you all the best for your uh, upcoming book launch and uh, hope to see you at Fincy again later this year. I don't know if you'll be there or not, but. um, Oh, yes, I will definitely be there. And I look forward to seeing you. So thank you again. It was a pleasure chatting with you and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Same. Thanks. We're giving away a free copy of Ellie's new book, Hole in One. For your chance to win, simply go to dietitianconnection.com backslash Ellie. Again, that's dietitianconnection.com backslash Ellie. And Ellie is E-L-L-I-E. And tell us in 25 words why you need Ellie's book on your bookshelf, which you most definitely do. And we look forward to seeing you on the next Dietitian Connection podcast episode.